Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where entrepreneurs just like you learn to level up in life, love, and business. My name is David Ubina, your host. Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast starts right now. Yeah. Wow. And then one other quick little story like that. But then, you know, I'm driving down the road. I get back to California where we were living and I'm driving down the highway and I look up on this billboard and it says now playing Van Morrison's Into the Mystic, which is the song we played at my sister's funeral. That mm. was that was her funeral song. Wow. And underneath it, it says DJ Brian. <coughs> and I'm like, what? I was like, yeah, like what the hell's going on here, right? And so Wow. And I would, I would share stories like that. And there's many and many made it to the book and many didn't, but I would share these sort of either ahas or miracle moments or whatever. And so people would say to me, Oh my God, you, Eileen, you need to write a book. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll write a book. So I started writing this book when probably like, I don't know, maybe three months after Brian died and I had a good girlfriend who would call me every Friday morning and we, she'd take notes for me and that's where it started, my friend Julie. And then um, and then I would t t work on it for a while and then I'd put it down. And I'd work on it for a while and then people would ask me, oh, how's your book? And I'm like... And we are back. Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, guys. Uh, before we get started here on our final podcast episode for 2020, episode 42, uh, my name is David Ubita, your host, and uh, just wanted to take a moment to thank every single one of our listeners who've been rocking with us all of 2020, and I want to acknowledge the Netherlands as uh, our latest uh, country to join us from North Holland, uh, Provincie Geld. Gelderland, Provincie Draneth, and North Brabant or Brabant. Hey, if I've uh, mispronounced that, please forgive me, guys. Um, I went to a Chicago public school. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, not kidding. All right. So nonetheless, guys, uh, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, that let me go ahead and make mention really quickly of of the other countries, uh, including the United States, Canada, Australia. I just finished doing an interview with Cody Butler out there in Australia. That was fun. Let's see here. Uh, France, Canada, UK, Spain, Sweden, Australia, again, and the Netherlands. Guys, thank you all year for rocking with us uh, here on the podcast. Uh, we are stoked and honored uh, for you guys. Uh, we are and continue to do this podcast for you my fellow entrepreneurs, we are a brotherhood, a sisterhood, if you, if you really think about it. I mean, being an entrepreneur, there's nothing easy about it. It's um, probably the closest thing for a man uh, in giving birth. And uh, by all means, am I not, am, am, I'm not trying to downplay that, ladies. I, I know childbirth is a horrific experience. Um, but uh, figurat figur figuratively for us, you know, conception, growth, trying to grow that bad boy, the nights, <laughs> the fears, um, yeah, it's it's tough. But for those of you who are entrepreneurs at heart and know that uh, the reward is so much greater than the risk, 
hey, I salute you. And I know in 2020, you know, I was looking, I was just thinking about it earlier, like, man, this year has been something else. I mean, first Kobe, right? That was unexpected. Then uh, a pandemic <laughs> of uh, global proportions. Um, then we had uh, the George Floyd situation, right? That was horrible. Um, and I remember driving into the, down into the city in Chicago and all the military vehicles and the entrances closed off, sealed off. I tell you, that was, that was bananas. Um, on top of that, an election. <laughs> should I, should I go on? And this is just, <laughs> this is not, in, this is, you know, this is not including our own drama as human beings in our immediate family and friends that may have been occurring as a result of these things or separate from these things. I don't know. I might need a shot of tequila after this episode. I just, <laughs> Terramana, by the way, pretty good stuff. And, um, needless to say, episode 42, uh, you know, I was also looking at the statistics, guys, and this is episode or season four. You believe that? Our fourth season? I, I am just as surprised as anyone else. Uh, episode five. And uh, you guys have been rocking with us all this time. I mean, I still see the likes. I still see the comments. I still on our Facebook pages um, and on uh, the platforms that we're on. We're on 10 different platforms now, guys. Um, I, I tell you, from Spotify to Anchor to, to Google Podcast to Apple Podcast. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty cool. But uh, more importantly, our hope here is that every one of you listening to this podcast is really uh, given some some insight, uh, some some uh, some information that'll help you level up and really help you show up differently in life, love, and business, because uh, you deserve to be happy and you deserve to uh, to know. If, and the one thing I know about entrepreneurs is that for an entrepreneur, it's more than just making money. Uh, in most cases, right. Uh, being an entrepreneur is about leaving your fingerprint here on earth and making sure that that you in some way were able to leave this earth a better place. And for those of you who, again, understand that and continue to rock with us here on the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, I salute you. I really do. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Now, here in episode 42, guys, I, um, I know you guys might need some cleanings on this one. So, Eileen Robertson Hamra is uh, the CEO of Fit Together, and she's also the author. She's most best known for being the author of Time to Fly, which is now available in where books are sold from Target to Amazon to you name it. Uh, she's she's all over the place. And I, I tell you what, the story behind Time to Fly, whew, it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool, and. In this conversation that we had, episode 42, we picked up right where we left off and just, I, I laughed, I, I got emotional um, in many of these aspects and I, 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 during many parts of our conversation. And then as I sat and listened to this episode again and again, there was just some really great um, nuggets of wisdom, life hacks that I extracted from me personally and make sure to listen to the podcast all the way through and listen to those life hacks and uh, share what your life hacks or epiphanies, your aha moments are as a result of this episode uh, by commenting uh, regardless of the podcast um, platform that you listen to us on. And again, make sure to rate us, give us a five-star rating 
to my fellow life hackers. And what that does for us is that it, it organically helps us to grow and reach more entrepreneurs just like you, like myself, who, you know, we're in the struggle, we're in the fight. And, and those of you who really understand the entrepreneurial journey, it's not about money. It's about the freedom. It's about the freedom that, uh, creating predictable, something predictable and something uh, of impact. Uh, in the world can create not only for us, but for those uh, around us. So that's really ultimately uh, what an entrepreneur, at least what our entrepreneurial journey is like. And for those of you who, who feel me on that, I know that it resonates. What I just said resonated with you. So this story with uh, Eileen, uh, she, the book is written from, from uh, an experience that she had. Uh, she lost her husband in a, a horrible uh, and unexpected uh, flight. And uh, we go into that in the conversation. And she's, I love her authenticity and just the way she just shares her. <laughs> she's pretty funny. And um, which makes this conversation, although it's a very sensitive topic, just the conversation like literally flew by, like literally flew by uh, because it was just so good. So, so rich with, with love and authenticity and it was just i know for a fact guys that after you listen to this conversation you're going to want to listen to it again and i urge you to do it i recommend that you do because uh, you're probably gonna i find myself extracting more information than the first time the second time or third time i heard it because it's it's been that good to me and i just want to encourage you guys here uh as we are here in the holidays um you know, 2020, although it's probably been, you know, one of those memorable character building years, but it's not over. Finish strong, finish 2020 strong. And today, December 22nd, as we uh, launch this episode, it is on the anniversary of the loss of uh, Brian Robertson, uh, Eileen's um, first husband. Yes, she did remarry. And we talk about that in our conversation which is pretty cool uh pay attention to the starbucks story okay <laughs> it's pretty funny and so um nonetheless guys as we are finishing uh 2020 uh keep your head up high raise your head up high there's nothing to be ashamed about there's nothing to be down about you know as long as you have a pulse you still have a purpose and on that note we're going to jump into the conversation with Eileen Robertson Hamra, and again on the anniversary of Brian's transition, uh, Brian Robertson's transition, we celebrate you, Brian, and your memory on this beautiful December 22nd, 2020 day, and uh, we salute you, my friend. Uh, all right, guys, onward and upward to the conversation or to the chat, as we call it, but first a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, David Ubita here, host of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Hey, just a really quick word to those of you who are entrepreneurs just like me, business owners or an executive uh, looking to generate more business on the LinkedIn platform. I want you to take a look at our free training uh, showing you how we generate over 250 B2B clients for our business. Now, our proven SAG strategy, well, it turns clicks into calls and calls into clients without spending a ton of time blogging or spending a small fortune on ads. For more details, go to mrdeu.com. That's www.mrdeu.com. Let's pick up where we left off. Okay. You shared with me that you had a, a um, your first husband 
was uh, liked to fly in terms of um, being a pilot. And that was one of the ways that he, that was one of his stress type, uh, the way he handled stress. Yeah. Totally cool. And something happened to him during that time. And um, if you wouldn't mind just, you know, sharing with our audience, what did happen to, and what was his name? His name was Brian. Brian, Brian. Tell, tell us about Brian. Yeah. So Brian, Brian was an entrepreneur um, and he was, um, you know, I don't think it was ever diagnosed, but he was probably ADHD and, you know, really intense serial entrepreneur and flying was his escape because it was one of the few things that he had to put all of his mind to, right? Like total focus. Hmm. Um, and he loved it and he he got his commercial pilot's license and he did acrobatic training. And unfortunately, um, on December 22nd, 2011, two miles from the airport, thousand feet from the ground, his right engine failed. And, um, he was not able to uh, regain control. It was just, it was kind of like putting, um, you know, like a like one of those parachutes behind it just slowed it down to stall speed and the the plane just like within seconds went into stall speed and and crashed yeah mm. so. wow yeah yeah so um we had three well, we still do i guess um three children <laughs> um thankfully i still have them they're uh, eight seven they were they were eight seven and four at the time of his passing and now they are 17 16 and 13 wow yeah so we're coming up almost on the um the ninth anniversary and we were introduced because i wrote a memoir um about that journey from the time that brian um crashed until um kind of present day and my the the story of grieving and healing and being with the kids and then opening up myself to love again which was no small feat as you can imagine just being able to open up yourself and and imagine that you could even fall in love again because brian was pretty amazing and i was i felt like i i couldn't believe i got that lucky once like to actually get lucky twice i didn't actually (laughs) i really did it i mean Yeah. So, um, and then I, um, but I totally believe that my late husband introduced me to my now husband and, um, we now have a fourth child together and, uh, we have a little baby boy, Zach, he's three. Yeah. And that's a, that's a miracle. So that whole, it's really the whole story of, um, yeah. So walk us through, cause I'm, I'm just to paint a picture. First and foremost, that must've been absolutely traumatic and i can only only imagine what that's like and and kind of live through your experience here tell me a little bit about that relationship with brian before we move on to, to other things tell me a little bit about what made him so special and and why uh you have uh now you've written a book right so tell me tell me why you felt like that was it was so important for you to to share this story yeah. So Brian, so Brian, um, in and of himself is kind of worthy of a book, but cause he, it, but he, you know, he grew up in Canada, 1500 person town, three wow. hours from Toronto, 1600 person town, a uh, little tiny town. His parents were teachers. Um, his dad was a vice principal. His mom 
you know, is like a specialist in teaching and, you know, he grew up, um, you know, just like in this sort of average country town and his, but he was very bright and his parents, thank God, figured out a way to channel that energy and channel that intellect. Um, and he ended up going to MIT as um, an undergrad and then ended up going to Harvard Business School for graduate school. So like oh, his story, all? that's all, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, like, and, and I think what he stands for is just sort of like anything's possible, right? Like who would have thought the small kid, you know, the small town kid from Ontario, you know, not even a U.S. citizen, um, but you know, Brian was always sort of driven, but he was the kind of guy that like, um, if you met him, you know, he'd be wearing his you know, Levi's and his, you know, sandals with white socks. He was like, like no fashion sense. <laughs> um, you know, like super, as soon as you'd start talking to him, you'd know, oh, like he's really bright, but he was kind of unassuming. Um, and but he just was really passionate and funny. So like when I met him, I'm tall, actually I'm taller than him. So I actually, I, I didn't actually think he was like the one. Cause first of all, he was a couple years younger than me and I was taller than him. I was like, Oh, he's not it. Right. You know, when I was young and then I met him and I was like, he was funny and he made me laugh. And, um, anyway, he, and he really like loved me and he really, um, like he, I knew I really liked him when he sent me flowers at work and I thought, okay, if any guy was sending me flowers at work this early in a relationship, I'd be like, you need to back off. But he sent them and I was like, oh my God, I love it. So it was like, you know, it was interesting because you, it's funny how, you know, your heart tells you, um, you know, when it's real, when it's not real. I've, I followed that guy. And so he was, he was great. Um, you know, and we, but we had a normal relationship too. We had three kids, you know, we were in the midst of, you know, soccer and ballet and he's an entrepreneur and, um, he was in the solar energy industry at the time of his death. And, and this is 2011 and it was a tough time for solar energy and it was a solar panel manufacturer out in California. So things were super stressful with work. Um, but we were in good shape. But we were, you know, it's like, hey, you know, what time are you going to be home? Can you pick up so-and-so from soccer? Or like, we got a game on, you know, it was like your kind of your traditional young family with the dog um, life, um, a good life, uh, not totally traditional. We had, we did have a really good life. Um, and then completely unexpected. I went to pick him up from the airport by myself because um, we were flying, he was flying, was, um, he was flying back from California to Maryland, or I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, where my parents were living. And the kids and I went early to visit friends and family, and he was coming to join us. And he had all the Christmas gifts in the, pre in the plane, so I went by myself to get him at the airport. And when I got there, his plane wasn't there, and yeah, it was, it was hell. It was like, you know, everything's supposed to be great. It's December 22nd. I was supposed to, you know, kind of where we are in the season now, like excited and kids were all can't wait for Santa. And yeah. And then, and then this, so it was definitely traumatic and unexpected. What, you know, and, yeah. what was that initial feeling? Like you, he, he didn't arrive. When did you know something happened? Was it 
some, I don't know how large the airport was. I mean, how did the information get to you where, you know, it, this tragedy? Yeah. So um, I was driving to the airport and there's a, the National Transportation Safety Board basically tracks your flight hmm. and they called and they said, hey, um, you know, may I please speak to Brian Robertson? And I'm like, this is his wife. Can I help you? And he's like, well, he didn't confirm his landing. Can you please let me know? I said, well, I'm on the air. I'm on the way to the airport to pick him up. So that was like my first indicator that maybe something went wrong, but it's a small untowered airport. So there was no, and he had forgotten to call when he got to the ground before. So it wasn't like, you know, you do checklists and you button up the plane and you make sure everything's good and, you know, and then you call. So like, I'm, I didn't panic initially, but then when I pulled up and I know where, you know, he parked the plane and it wasn't there. And I, and then I was nervous and I ran inside and left my purse in the car. And they were like, yeah, ma'am, we believe that plane has gone down. Oh man. Yeah. So I went outside to see if I could see anything. And there was a helicopter coming. They had dispatched a helicopter to see if you know, to, to take him to the, to the hospital or whatever, but they were asked to pull back because there was fuel on the ground and, and he didn't, he didn't survive, but um, it took, so from the moment I got to the airport though, it still took about two hours to confirm that he didn't make it. Yeah. So those were two hours of pure, pure hell. I mean, I was really, I mean, hoping, you know, like I was praying, I was like, please, yeah. please. I don't really care. I, he, every bone in his body could be broken. He can live the rest of his life in a wheelchair. Like just please God, let him be alive. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and then it's just a surreal, like you can't even believe it. You know, you, you, there was no forewarning. There was no premonition. It was just like, what this what? Like you just, it's just this, you know, they call it shock or, you know, yeah. So you pretty much can't believe it for a while. And, um, and then you're, then for me, I was just like, Oh my God, now what do I do? I got to go home and tell the kids. So you get blindsided by this, this tragic situation and you're there waiting kind of like in a holding pattern, like what, wait you know what when where how why wondering what's going on like god uh, where are you what's going on you find the news then you're, you're still in shock i'm assuming just like like what you just said what do i do next what did you do next yeah so i mean the first of all, there's paperwork to fill out, ironically, but like, you know, the police and the coroner were there. And then my dad came to, to the airport to meet me. So as soon as I found out that he had crashed, I called my family, my mom and my sister were home at the house and my dad was out shopping. And I was like, call dad, tell him come to the airport because Brian's plane's crashed. We don't know anything so my dad was with me, thank God. And, um, you know, then we, he drove me home and I made the, you know, the, I probably made like four phone calls, you know, and thank God for my dad. I could not call Brian's parents. So mm -hmm. my, I just, I was like, I cannot tell them this information. Like I can't even talk. I can't even breathe. Like, how am I going to do this? And 
what's the irony of my dad calling, and I share about this also in the book, and I think this was maybe one of the reasons I healed, maybe a little bit quicker, but who knows, was my sister had also died very suddenly in 1993. Mm-hmm. And so my dad knew what it was like to be on the receiving end of that kind of phone call. Wow. Yeah, so he called them and then we went home and uh, to my parents' house. And um, anyway, I had made the phone calls just to the few key people, Brian's assistant, a good friend of his, a good friend of mine, a couple good friends of mine. And then the word, of course, was out within minutes. And, um, and then I had to tell the kids, which was awful, 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 awful. And, and it's interesting because you think maybe that they wouldn't remember, but they, they absolutely, it's one of those, um, even though they were young, they, they remember it. So it was heavy. It was, you know, it was, it was awful, but, um, you know, one of your questions was like, why did I want to write a book about this? Right. Like, this is awful. Like we have enough awful things in the world. Well, um, shortly like the day after, so I get my, my brother and my dad go out to the airplane to pick up whatever gifts they could salvage. And there was a gentleman named Al Cooner had called the airport wanting to get in touch with me. And, um, my my brother comes home. He's like, you should call him. And I'm like, why? Who's this Al Cooner guy? Anyway, he was a funeral director. Mm. He's like, Eileen, um, I'm a pilot. I landed a half an hour before your husband was supposed to land. I heard him flying in the pattern over the radio. And he's like, I have the funeral home that's down the street from your parents' house. And I want to take care of all of your funeral expenses. Wow. I was like, whoa. And then it was Christmas. So he's like, you've got to do Christmas, you know, manage the best you can. And the day after Christmas, we'll start planning the funeral because there's no one's going to come to a funeral on December 24th or 25th. So December 26th, Brian and I, um, spiritual, but not particularly religious. So my parents had actually set up something with their church, but I was like, I was like, I wanted it to be at Um, like a museum or some kind of venue that maybe was meaningful. It's like, I'm going to set you up with a caterer. She, she um, suggests the Baltimore museum of industry, which is um, a business museum, you know, highlights entrepreneurs and it has a twin engine plane hanging from the ceiling. Get the heck out of here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And then one other quick little story like that. But then, you know, I'm driving down the road. I get back to California where we were living and I'm driving down the highway. And I look up on this billboard and it says, now playing Van Morrison's Into the Mystic, which is the song we played at my sister's funeral. That, mm. was, that was her funeral song. Wow. And underneath it, it says DJ Brian. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was like, yeah, like, what the hell's going on here, right? And so, wow. and I would, I would share stories like that. And there's many, and many made it to the book and many didn't. But I would share these sort of either ahas or miracle moments or whatever. And so people would say to me, oh, my God, you, Eileen, you need to write a book. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll write a book. So I started writing this book when probably like, I don't know, maybe three months after Brian died and I had a good girlfriend who would call me every Friday morning and we, she'd take notes for me and that's where it started. My friend, Julie. And then, um, and then I would t- t- work on it for a while and then I put it down and I'd work on it for a while. And then people would ask me, oh, how's your book? And I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, I wanted to, I was like, what am I writing? Like at first I really did think I was writing a story about Brian because Mm -hmm. I shared, I was like, you know, he was so inspirational. I don't want his memory to get lost. Right. I don't want who he was to get lost. And that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing now is like part of writing this is his legacy. But part of it though is my story because I was like, how am I going to write his story? Like I'm not him. You know, and then someone suggested somewhere along the way in this writing journey, she's he's like, well, why don't you just write it from your perspective? And I was like, well, that I can do because I can write my story from my perspective. And anyway, years keep going. And then it wasn't until I was actually pregnant. So this is like, I mean, I got through the hardest part and I, you know, grounded the children and we were starting to rebuild our life and I meet Mike and I tell the story of Brian's introduction, but I won't necessarily go into that. And then I'm 46 and I get pregnant, which is a f- out of the miracle. But I mean, I had to use IVF, but I was like, it's, this is a miracle. And I was, I was pregnant with him, the baby. And, um, so I was meeting yet and again with someone about this book. Cause I was like, I've got to write this book. I'm like one of those people, probably like a lot of your listeners. It's like, if I say I'm going to do something, I've got to do it. Right. Like, absolutely. Like, like I ran a marathon cause I said I was going to write a marathon, not cause I should have run a marathon. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was like, so I've got to write this book. And, and then it dawned on me. I was like, Oh my God, this is the whole story this miracle and this happiness and what we're creating is, is what I, and I had never asked Mike, my now husband, if he, if our story could be in the book. Cause if I was like, you know, I was like, cause if I'm telling our story, I have to tell the whole story. Right. Which sounds like a fairy tale, but just like all good relationships, <laughs> there's crap there too. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. It's a, it's life. Right. And he's, and he's alive. Right. So, I'm like, are you okay if we t- if I tell our story? And he was like, absolutely. And then there was no stopping me. Um, and just one quick round up the whole story, but like kind of miraculous, but just to the signs, right? Like, oh, my late husband died on December 22nd, which is the winter solstice, which is the shortest and darkest day of the year. Our baby, Zach, was born on the summer solstice. <laughs> you not, like, you can't even, like, I was like, you can't even make this up. <laughs> like, the longest, brightest. And we live in Chicago. And the funny thing was, um, my, um, you know, we live in the city. And so we took an Uber to the um, hospital to have him. And we forgot the cord blood kit. So Mike's like, oh, I'm just going to pop back in the Uber, just wait, you know, go check in and I'll be right back. 
So Mike comes back, you know, 15 minutes later. He's like, Eileen, you are never going to guess who just drove us to the airport. And I was like, who? He's like, Allah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, really? So Allah, also known as God, just drove us to the airport on the summer solstice to have our baby. I was like, that's just, I mean, in case you're wondering, right? Like, Whoa. yeah. Yeah. So anyway there so that's the that's the book and the story and i'm talking a lot but believe me this is this is cool i love the the signs and and all of this is going to help put things into context uh let's let's re let's go to let's go to you you just explained earlier uh, uh, in the conversation about being lucky once yeah and then you feel like you've got lucky twice yeah. So walk us through that because you've started talking about Mike now, which is the, the, the second time you got lucky here. Yeah. Walk us through a little bit about that because when someone has an experience like, you know, the loss of a loved one unexpectedly, I mean, got, I mean, we can sit here and talk about therapy and counseling and all that for, you know, for the entire show if we wanted to, but it's, it's, there's such Emotionally, everyone carries things differently. Emotionally and mentally, we all process things differently, right? And and for you, what was one of the things, before we go, now that I'm thinking about it, before we talk about Mike, what was one of the things that helped you through kind of like that journey to help you process this loss that you went through? Because I have a feeling that especially now with, you know, in 2020, um, the world has been blindsided in a sense, right? Yeah. And so what's one of the things uh, strategies or, or books or prayers, whatever uh, that has assisted you to kind of navigate through the, through that really murky time. Yeah. So um, I have lots of things, but one, one of the things I wanted to share, which was sort of this, and this happened, um, is actually when I saw Brian's body, hmm. which I was so nervous and I couldn't breathe. I wanted to puke. I'm like, I couldn't, I, I, you know, you just don't even imagine yourself in that position. And Al Cooner brought me in to see him. And when I saw Brian's body, it was like, oh my God, how did I forget? that we are spiritual beings living a human experience. Wow. His spirit, like, like I'm, you know, we're, we're on zoom right now. I'm watching you. Yeah. You're watching me. Like you, 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 you see your loved ones walking around or even people you don't love just walking around. Like all of, all of what made Brian, Brian, like his energy and his mannerisms. And it was just not there. His, his spirit was not in you know, the carbon and whatever was left inside the casket. And it was shockingly peaceful. Wow. Because I knew that it, because I know energy, like I'm a little geeky. It's like, but energy doesn't get destroyed. Right. right. And I could actually feel his energy. I was like, Oh my God, it's just been released. It's just not in there. It's right. free. He's free. And I did not, believe me, <laughs> think that I would have those thoughts or have those ideas when I saw, I, I didn't know what I would ex 
so I'm not saying everyone has that experience, but that, that was, and I think that was part of what freed me to even begin with. Cause I was like, and, and then with all of the signs, I was like, well, dude, he hasn't gone very far. <laughs> it was like, like his energy or what, however that gets represented in words or music or whatever. I was like, I could feel him around. I could see him in signs. Like it was uncanny. I was like, he was a strong spirit showing up in places. And so I, although I couldn't talk to him, like I'm talking to you, I didn't feel like I completely lost him. Wow. And so I decided that although I wasn't going to have this sort of earthly marriage anymore, that my promises that I made for my marriage, which is to love and honor and and carry on what we wanted. Um, that didn't need to die when he died. I, I was like, I can't do it with him. So, so all of that helped me. And then I, you know, I practice yoga, meditation. Luckily, I was actually in pretty good shape physically when it happened, which I do think helped because I had the because that grief is awful, like physically awful, awful, awful. And I it's a toll, yeah. It, it's it's even me talking about it now, I feel it, you know, it's like, I, it's tightness in your chest and your gut and you're just, you're zapped. Right. So that, that helped, but what's interesting is like, okay, so now I've created this, like, you know, partnership with Brian, even if he's not here now I have, you know, now I, I don't want to be alone. I was 41 when he died. I was like, I can't, I had three young kids. At first I thought, at first, I really did think I was like, "Oh, I'm good. I'm. I don't ever need to meet anyone." I really did think that. I was like, "I'm good. I, I'm good. I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life." And it probably took me about a year, and I was like, "Oh God, this is really freaking hard." Yeah. And I'm not that old. <laughs> and I was like, "I could be here for a really long time, and I don't want to be alone." And I wasn't ready to meet anyone right away, but I started thinking about the possibility. But I knew that that person, whoever it might be, would have to be okay with that Brian is still going to be part of our relationship. You know, I have a relationship with his family. I have children with the man. So, like, it was going to have to take a pretty big man, you know, just like, confident and not jealous and and I and also like I was like Brian was this amazing person I was like how will I ever meet anyone that could fill those shoes fill those shoes <laughs> I, I mean I you know I, I often say I was like you know I can be a piece of work I can be hard to be married to so like <laughs> If I fooled Brian once, but I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to fool someone else. No, but so um, kind of kidding, not kidding. But, um, but I really didn't think, and I was like, you know, and I had these amazing girlfriends who, you know, their, their husbands are out there somewhere, but not with them yet. And I was like, how will I find one? Right? Like, it's just not, it wouldn't be fair. Right. All that silliness that you say to yourself or or limits that you put on yourself or what you think is possible. And then I remember this is silly, but um I was driving to Starbucks to go through the drive-through one day, and I remember I was like, he's out there. 
I just put it out there. I was like, he's out there. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing, but he is going to love me so much. And I got like really excited about it. Wow. And, um, and I got the chills and I was like, I wonder, where, I wonder where he is. I was like, I wonder if he's taking a shower. I wonder if he's getting divorced. Oh, God. And, like, I was like, I didn't know. But um, anyway, cause I, whatever. The funny thing was like, I was like, I didn't think I would meet someone who didn't have kids. You know, I certainly didn't imagine that. So, but I did. That's, that's, that was Mike, but. Wow. Who's also an entrepreneur. Um, and I met him through someone who, so my late, Brian worked with an executive business coach, which is good to do. Right. Sure. And then um, Mike also did and worked and had them also sometimes work with their boards or different leadership teams in their companies. And this guy, Bob worked with both, uh, both Brian's company and Mike's company. And he offered to coach me pro bono sort of in the interim after Brian died. And he's like, when I told him I was thinking about the possibility of me meeting someone who's like, I have this guy named Mike. No, he did not. He did. Wow. He did. So it was a trusted sort of introduction. And um, yeah, I tell more about the story in the book, but it's, it's a long story. I won't go. Into yeah. You got to get the book to, to, yeah, to it's, it's a good story. Twice. Yeah, <laughs> it's a quick read. It's a quick read. The audiobook's coming out. Actually, our our mutual friend Eddie um, edited it for me. So um, yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. So so what's next? I know you mentioned that you have your own business as well. That you've um, got some things kind of stirring. Uh, tell our audience when they can expect the release of the book. And I know that. Uh, this episode is going to be live on the anniversary of, yeah, thank you of Brian, December 22nd. He's going to be the last episode of 2020 for us on the Live Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, which is exciting. And yeah. I wait for it to, to be launched. And really, you know, my hope behind this episode is uh, for folks to really tap into your journey, life lessons and apply those nuggets if you will in you know into their own lives loves and business so that they can build some momentum going into 2021 yeah so i totally appreciate you doing this on his anniversary and i think one of the biggest lessons or gifts or whatever of of the book is there were so many things that that you know, like life happens and then you have some circumstances and you think not, that something's not possible. Like not, it would be not possible for me to meet someone else. And mm -hmm. I did. And then it really was not possible for me to have a baby. I mean, like I tell the story, but like, really I, it's, he's straight out of the miracle books. And I, um, you know, not, not that getting remarried or having a baby is anybody's necessary dream or, or want, or maybe that's not possible, but it's more that to open up your mind to the possibilities that you think are not, not true or not able, or you're not, it's not possible for you. And so, cause if it's possible for me, it's definitely possible for other people. Let's revisit that for a moment. Cause that's a real powerful um, life hack, if you will. I love the fact that going back to your analysis or your, uh, your example at Starbucks, 
where at one time where you were mentally, emotionally was like kind of like limiting yes. any other possibility. So is it so far fetched? Is it so, so far removed from what's reasonable to expect? And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm going to open myself up to that possibility instead of closing myself off. So what would you say would be one of the reasons or some of the reasons why people would tend to hold on to the, to the story? Well, it's not possible for me. Yeah. Well, ironically, it keeps you safe. Mm. It definitely keeps you safe because yeah. if it's not possible, then you don't have to try and you don't have to fail. Yeah. Right. Because I think, I think um, one of the gifts actually of losing Brian for myself and my own growth was to be able to trust mm. that it was all going to work out, even if there were more pain down the road. Because I experienced a ton, I, first of all, I experienced a ton of love with Brian, but even after Brian died, there was still a ton of love coming towards me. Mm. And so it isn't, again, what I imagined. And I had this sort of deeper, you know, spiritual trust. So, um, you know, closing off yourself to something that you really want just because it's like, no, that's not for me. That's not possible for me. That's, um, that's for somebody else, but it's, it is what's calling you. It is what you really want. It is yeah, like, don't, don't hush that. Mm. Don't dismiss that because this is the other thing I knew. I don't know how I knew this, but maybe experience or maybe just trusting. I was like, because on the way there, even if you fail at that ultimate thing that you think that you want, the amazing miracles that you'll get to experience along the way will be worth it. Oh yeah. Because we think, and this was the other thing I was like, you know, to, to be attached to the way something specifically looks, mm. you know, it's like, Oh, I want, you know, a guy that's five foot 11 and da, 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 like whatever. Or I want a business that's exactly a million dollars or $10 million or a hundred million dollars. It's like, how about like, I want a, a crazily, you know, successful venture and I'm not attached to exactly the way it looks. Not to say that putting, you know, promises or goals or whatever is a bad thing, but in your pursuit of that, in your, um, amazing things will happen and people you'll meet and um, experiences you'll have and the things that you'll bring into your life in pursuit of what you really want is worth it. Even if you don't get the ultimate thing. So um, that you think that you want, right? <clears throat> well, so. said. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about your business. Yeah. So um, this is kind of interesting. Let's talk about a keeps restarting. So um, back when Brian passed, I had worked with some folks out in California on a basic corporate wellness and, you know, holistic wellness. I was a yoga teacher, nutrition, a holistic nutritionist, and partnered with a bunch of folks out in California to do that for companies and individuals and actually restarted that. Life took me back to Maryland, now into Chicago. And um, now I'm working with a group of um, holistic health professionals in Chicago. Um, yeah. So you guys have a website or, or a Facebook page or something you want us to plug for you? Yes. Yeah, so it's called fit together, LLC.com. 
Um, and also my website, you can go to my website, eileenrobertsonhamra.com. I'm on social media. Um, so the book is on eileenrobertsonhamra.com and the business, which brings yoga or um, health coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, um, all of those types of things is fittogetherllc.com. I love it. Now there is also, we're going to definitely include those links in the description, uh, but we also talked about a a uh, nonprofit that you um, feel really passionate about. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So Young Entrepreneurs um, Association, oh, Academy, oh, pardon me, Academy. I was like, yay, is there, is there, um, logo or their name. Uh, and it just supports young entrepreneurs in Chicago, in different communities in Chicago and br- provides mentorship and curriculum. And Brian was definitely an entrepreneur, um, from the get go, uh, six years old, you know, with his briefcase. So I thought on his, uh, the, his death anniversary that it would be nice um, to do something in honor of young entrepreneurs. So I'll be making a donation. And if anyone who's listening to the podcast would like to also make a donation, um, that would be fantastic. I love it. I love it. Eileen, I want to thank you uh, personally for your time and sharing your story. Uh, what is the name of your book? One more time. It is called Time to Fly. There you and- go. There you go. Time to Fly, Life and Love After Loss. And it's available everywhere books are sold, uh, distributed through Simon & Schuster. And so you can get it at your local bookstore. You probably have to order it or Barnes & Noble or Amazon or wherever. Or you can get it on my website as well. I love it. I love it. Eileen, thanks so much for spending time with us today on the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Hey guys, David Ubita here, host of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Hey, just a really quick word to those of you who are entrepreneurs just like me, business owners or an executive uh, looking to generate more business on the LinkedIn platform. I want you to take a look at our free training uh, showing you how we generate over 250 B2B clients for our business. Now, our proven SAG strategy, well, it turns clicks into calls and calls into clients without spending a ton of time blogging or spending a small fortune on ads. For more details, go to mrdu.com. That's www.mrdeu.com. Was that amazing or what? (laughs) I'm going to be listening to this episode a few more times just to extract even more more juice (laughs) from this episode. And I walked away from this conversation with Eileen with many different uh, eye-opening moments. Uh, one of them was uh, when she had to, to go view the body and realize that we are spirits in a human form, and that he just wasn't there because uh, he was, uh, you know, he was no longer with 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 us here on Earth. And uh, I, I enjoy, a couple pieces. I, I love when she was like, I, I got I got lucky once. <laughs> I wasn't going to get lucky twice uh, because I'm a handful to, to deal with. Girl, I know what you mean. And uh, it's all good. It's all good. It's because those of us who are difficult to, to deal with sometimes, we just love hard, right? We love a lot. And... Um, it's uh, it's part of the, it's part of the journey. Needless to say, whoever we, we are with, they will never be bored. <laughs> we will annoy them to death, right? Oh man! So uh, one of my favorite pieces uh, or stories also was the the Starbucks story. Huh? How about that? 
when uh, she's finally like has that epiphany like you know what wait a minute uh, i'm gonna give this a shot i'm gonna try and and be open to receiving my 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 next husband right and um she's like you know i wonder what he's up to is he taking a shower is he getting divorced <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't wish that on anyone. We're not trying to take someone else's spouse away from somebody else. But, you know, I, I think what she was saying is more importantly, look, it, we're, we all love is a roller coaster sometimes. You know, we we enjoy the peaks, we enjoy the valleys um, or we dread the valleys. But you, you kind of if you really want to enjoy the fullness of love, the experience, the gift that it is, because if you think about it, you know, we're one of the, if not the only creation here on this earth that has that opportunity to experience love. The the mountaintop experiences, the the absolutely devastating experiences like this story. And yet, Eileen was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. And I love her perspective when she says, listen, I know that there's going to be pain down the line, but I'm still going to love. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I mean, it's it's just a part of the process, right? And I really respect that. And everything that I heard in this conversation, I am really taking to heart and remembering that love and the ability to love is a gift. Now, what I also walked away with here in this conversation with Eileen was, it's one thing to be ready for love. But then it's another to be ready to receive love, right? It's, it's, it's like it's almost easier for us to love someone, but then it's more vulnerable. It's it's less safe to allow someone to see us for who we are and then allow them to love us. And sometimes when we don't love ourselves for whatever reason, that it's going to make it very difficult for someone else to love us in return. So I'm going to encourage you guys this year in 2020, whatever has happened, you know what? Leave it here. Leave it in 2020. The past is dead. There's nothing we can do about it. Uh, all we can do really is learn from how we were showing up, which is the whole point of this po uh, conversation and podcast, right? To help us level up in life, love and business. How are we showing up? And, you know, really giving us the opportunity to be able to enjoy things at a at another level. And so here in 2020, you know what? I want you to do this exercise. I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to tell yourself, hey, shake that shit off. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> let, let, you know, like Eileen and that epiphany. Hey, if you guys are looking for love, um, get ready to receive it. And and, and I love the fact that Eileen was like, uh, Brian was, well, he was shorter than me. Right? So it's like we got this idea of our love should look like this or our dream man or woman should look like this or our business should look like this. Hey, let me tell you something. The moment you allow yourself and open up to what's possible and let go of any stereotypes and let go of any limitations that perhaps we've learned along the way. Hey, let that shit go. Let it go. Let it go. It's not serving you well any longer. And I encourage you to start loving yourself and allow yourself to be loved in return because it really is a beautiful thing when, when those things happen in our lives. So on that note, guys, uh, here on uh, the 22nd of December 2020, it is the anniversary of Brian Robertson's death, of his passing, of his transitioning. And here at the podcast, uh, we're honored to have released this episode on this very special day. And on this very special day, the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast is going to be donating 
uh, to the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, the Chicago chapter. And in the notes of our podcast, I want you to do the same. I want you to get onto their website. Uh, again, go to the notes, click on the link and make a donation any size to help our up and coming entrepreneurs uh, that uh, can really make a difference. Uh, it's, it's, I call it the ripple effect, right? Our donation now can, can, can make that ripple effect down the line many, many, many years down the line just by you sowing that seed and blessing uh, these beautiful souls that uh, have a have uh, the desire to be an entrepreneur. Oh man, I just oh, I could kiss them all. I tell you. So guys, on that note, uh, thank you for rocking with us here on 2020. In 2020, uh, season four is in the books, and uh, I, I'm just so flooded with with gratitude right now for each and every one of you taking the time out of your day, whether you're on your treadmill or at the bus stop or in your penthouse, wherever you are, just know that you are loved and you have purpose in your life. And that 2020, if it was of a, if it was a challenge for you in any way, shape or form, just remember you are now stronger because you've survived 2020. You're now stronger than you were before you started 2020. And as you go to 2021, get ready to kick some ass guys, because I don't know about you, but there's no time to waste. There is no time to waste. Kick some ass and take care of business. You deserve to be happy. Go get it. Why not you? Why not you? So on that note, guys, uh, make sure to uh, rate this episode, our podcast. Give us a five star, a thumbs up. Uh, so that really helps us in terms of organic growth. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, tell, tell a friend, tell an entrepreneur friend, post it on LinkedIn, wherever you're at. And uh, again, we're on 10 different podcasts uh, or platforms. I will read them to you right now. We're on uh, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio Public, and Spotify. Uh, feel free to acknowledge and give us, again, a favorable um, five-star rating. That really helps us organically reach more entrepreneurs. All right, guys. Time to rock and roll. I think I'm going to go Knock out and polish off another half of an Eli's cheesecake. All right, I'll see you guys next year. Love you all.